There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. <laughs> What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Our guest today, if you don't know who he is, you must have been living under a rock in fucking 2020 because I feel like you had like the national anthem for 2020. It was uh, it's crazy. It was Dick crazy. Down in Dallas. Yeah. Trey Lewis, baby. What's up? Thanks for having me on today. Dude, I'm so happy you're here. I've been wanting to get you on since Dick Down in Dallas dropped. I, I loved the song so much that I did a girl version of it. Oh, nice. But I never released it. I want to hear it. Oh, God. I sound like a cat fucking screaming and screeching and clawing up a wall. <laughs> it was in the wrong pitch. There so. was a, well, there was a lot of like girl versions of that yeah. song. And like. Some of them were like mad, and it's like I'm not. I'm, I was never hating on women, you know. Not what I'm at saying? all. I think the line that saved us was is that praying that she comes back. And gives yeah, her that sweet ass. You know. I feel like the world is so fucking sensitive now. Yeah. Like you can say fucking the grass is green, and somebody's gonna be like, it's not fucking green, it's emerald. You yeah. Know? I mean, and I really, like, do, I really do feel like that we got lucky in that sense that yeah. nobody like really hated on me for that yeah i mean i think it can't your that song came at a time that the world needed some fucking comic relief yeah you know like it was just we were going through the the whole rona situation and everybody was being so serious so you know you dropped well actually my husband told me that you had dick down in dallas for a long time so the story goes so i you know, I've been playing music for like 10 years. Yeah, that's what he said. And you, we have a mutual friend, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. We call him Ronnie in our, in our, oh, in yeah. our camp. He's hilarious. Um, RLD, which, um, uh, I don't know. He, he, he runs lights for us. But, anyways, um, he didn't know Ryan's name. And one day he was like, he was like, Ronnie, get up here or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just started calling him Ronnie. So, yeah. So sorry. But Somebody just walked oh, cool. in. Who is it? It's Jay. Oh, hi, baby. <laughs> no, you're good. My husband just comes in and bombards up, Trey, Trey's fucking podcast. Yeah. I'm so, we it's were like, good. who's walking in here right now? Yeah. Hi, daddy. It's okay. Come say hi. Introduce yourself. Aw, all right, you can say whatever. We're just talking about Ronnie Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> we, call him, we, call him, we, we call him Ronnie in our, in our camp. So. Love you so much. It's okay. Say how to Trey, though. So sorry. We didn't. This was not planned. 
Yeah, man, for sure. I was just telling him how you had told me about the um, about Dick Down in Dallas, how he had had that song out for a while oh, yeah. before it. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of wild how it happened. So I played covers for like for a living. You know, that was my job. Yeah, like four nights a week, four hours straight. You know, no breaks, and I did that forever. And then I went through a divorce, and then I was like, mm. I was like 30. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to move to Nashville, see what happens. I did she here. get digged down in Dallas? Uh, I don't know, but okay. I did find out <laughs> last week that she is getting dicked down by one of my old friends. Oh, that's so, a fucking nice But, you know, it's all good because, you know, everything worked out for her. Yeah, me. everything you know worked I mean? out. Well, I was telling her the story that we were at Live Oak one night drunk. Yeah. We were playing. Yeah. Sang it, and everybody did the dig down, dig down. Dallas probably yeah. the people in the crowd, and then Brian else was like, I fucking love this song. Man. <laughs> it's fucking jam. Yeah. Like, when it got so big, I was like, I didn't want to be the, I knew it first guy. Yeah. I was like, dude, anybody who's been on the Bummer Street, fucking not only hears this song, knows this fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, no. it was kind of crazy. So, like, playing the covers and everything, um, I was playing in Auburn, Alabama at this place called Sky Bar one night, and uh, this guy walked in. He's taller than me, and uh, I was up on the stage singing "Big Green Tractor," and I was changing the words to "Take You for a Ride" on my big tally whacker. Like, <laughs> you, after you play covers for so long, it's like you, you got to make it interesting yeah, for yourself you because them. nobody's really listening. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> They're and, just vibing. Yeah, drunk as yeah, shit, just, just vibing. Like, <laughs> play some, like whatever, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, and uh, anyways, Matt McKinney. He came up to me and he like shook my hand. He was like, "Dude, that was hilarious." And then so I moved to Nashville, and I'm at Revival one night, and this guy comes walking up to me. He's like, "Dude, I met you at um, in Auburn. You were changing the words. That was hilarious." And then me and him just became boys right then. We were just hanging out all the time, playing Madden together. Like you we sound were, like my husband. He's like yeah. instant BFFs with people, and yeah. they just are like friends for life. He was like one of the first hands I shook in Nashville. And we just became friends, and then. Um, you know, and then you just as like naturally as songwriters, we just, you know, like as I got here, I would just, you know, I was meeting people and writing with people and sometimes it would be with him. Sometimes it would be with other people, you know, and, and, uh, we would just like send each other work tapes back and mm -hmm. forth. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then one day he sent me this song called Dick Down in Dallas, but it was just like a verse and a chorus. There was, mm -hmm. you know, nothing else. I didn't think anything of it. And then going into 2020 it's supposed to be like one of my best years like financially like i had a lot of like weddings and like corporate events lined up oh, you, know, you, like, you were a wedding singer yeah i did it all like you know? I mean, adam I just, sandler I, I did whatever i had to <laughs> yeah to, to make a living you know oh, that's and awesome i moved to nashville because i wanted to learn how to write songs better and and uh i it was, it was gonna be a good year for me and, and then COVID happened and then everything shut down and that allowed me more time to write and actually get to hang out with like my co-writers and things like that. That's what I was going to say. I feel like 2020 divided the herd. It was more like if you were a creator or an artist, you either yeah. let it make you or break you. Yeah. You know, that was your time to either shine and figure out how to evolve with the times or just let it, it's like sink or swim, yeah. you know, cause that's how our family was. We sat down and had a family meeting and we were like, okay, so we can't tour. You can't do this. So what, what are we going to do? And we just pumped out content left yeah. and right. So, yeah. And then, and then I, 
Yeah, and nice <laughs> to meet you, man. <laughs> I love you, baby. I think it'll be awesome for the interview. It's okay. It's all good. It's all I good, love yeah. you, baby. Of course, man. Yeah. Of course. I love you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, he's, he's so embarrassed right now. You no, know, I know awesome. my husband. <laughs> Great to meet him. Um, but then, uh, so like everything just kind of like shut down and I started hanging out with my co-writers and like having bonfires at each other's houses and just like really getting to know other than Matt, you know, Matt was like my good buddy, but yeah. like starting to really get to know people. I like put out some small projects. Like I think it, I recorded some like quarantine songs that I recorded on my phone mm -hmm. and I just put those out. And then I did some like acoustic stuff that I like put out and then, um, I decided that, you know, like, uh, I was going to record Dick Down in Dallas. We went to Chili's one day or something. We were coming back <laughs> and McKinney had finished the song with the other two writers, Brent Gafford and Drew Trosclair. And I, and he played it in the car. And then my other roommate, Mitch was like, dude, if this song was out right now, I would buy it. Yeah. And then I just had the thought, I was like, you know what, man, I've been putting out music since 2012. Nobody like maybe like my mom and my cousins have listened to it. You right. Know? Mm -hmm. And like a few of those people in that dive bar in Birmingham that I play at, you know, right. I was like, I'll do it. So then I learned it and then I started playing it like dive bars and, and not di like, so like, did you write it besides the verse? No, I didn't write any of it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I just, my friends wrote it and yeah. I was just like, none of y'all are ever going to put this out yeah so like you know i'm I mean, gonna do it you know mckinney grew up he was like you know in in the ministry as a kid and his parents oh, wow. would just like not be cool with that <laughs> right and i then, feel like that's how a lot how of a lot of country artists are like they're so scared yeah. to cross that line yeah you know so it's like yeah. they they want to do things but because of their image or because of their upbringing yeah. and stuff like that like it, it keeps them and then from, like brent He's in a duo with his wife, so that's not going to work. Yeah. And, then, and then Drew's a guitar player, so I was like, screw it, I'll do it. I, you know, I've written a lot of good songs, you know, in the years that I've been here, and, you know, I'm not afraid to put out, you know, something else. I mean, it has a lot to do with my personality, but I started playing it, like, at these bonfire parties and, like, all these things that we were doing, and then Matt Burrill, which is my now my tour manager, has a podcast called In the Round, and then they have, like, a round that they have in – you know nashville and he was like i want you to come play the round i want you to play your music but at the end i want you to do a bonus song and play dick down in dallas yeah and so that night i showed up and i played dick down in dallas and uh and by then all our friends were in the bar so everybody knew the song right so everybody was singing it and nikki t raised rowdy took a video of it put it on raised rowdy from there uh trey bonner my content guy like got it put it on color daddy's facebook group i mm -hmm. think and then from there, McKinney got put on um, Old Row. And then I just started posting TikTok videos. And, yeah. Um, TikTok is where it's at, man. Yeah. And That's then crazy. I like I think after TikTok, after the TikTok video, or no, after that night at Live Oak, I called Ryan Nelson. I was like, what do you think I should do, dude? Do you think I should do like, like a Corey Smith vibe and just like keep it acoustic? Or, you know, so like I definitely called – you know, and, and asked him what he thought about it. Yeah. And then that night I was, I was dating a girl at the time and I was, which I, I do that a lot. But anyway. That was my next question. I was going to be like, how much pussy has Dick down in Dallas gotten you? Well, I had a girlfriend <laughs> the entire time. Oh, did you? Yeah, during that. Damn it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But it was fun. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so I don't know. I feel like 
we can get into that later. But I yeah, honestly, yeah, totally. I honestly feel like I did all that, like getting laid and getting pussy on the road, like before all this happened. Yeah, you know? like you got that, it out of your after system. After a while, that just like doesn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like no, I totally get it. Eventually, at some point, you have to quit using that for validation. Yeah, it's mean? really an ego stroke. I mean, I'm married yeah. to a musician, yeah, exactly. so I get it. We so. totally go on little escapades on the road and stuff yeah. like that. So, um. After Dick Down in Dallas dropped and like all this fame like started coming to you and all this mm-hmm. attention, how did that make you feel? Because you're very open about uh, mental illness, and I love yeah. that about you. Because I I, t- a, I suffer with depression and anxiety. Yeah, I, met, and, I had a meeting with my therapist this morning before I aw, came over here. I love that we um, we stand a king who gets therapy. I think that's yeah. so awesome, dude. Not enough people talk about it, and I'm like so open about it. Like I talk about it all the time, but to hear men talk about it, mm-hmm. I think is such a rarity. You know, yeah. and I think that's really it's, awesome that you embrace definitely, it. Um, definitely a huge thing um, for me, I mean, to really stay on, on top of it. One thing I was talking about today is that, like, people that, like, see me as Trey Lewis and then people that just see me as Trey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll never forget the night that Digtown Dallas came out and it was number one on the iTunes charts. To me, you know, you know, I'm an independent artist, so like a number one song on iTunes chart is a big deal, Huge. you know. Mm-hmm. Like never, you know. And I just never forget I went in my room and I got down on my knees and I just like, Thanks God, I'll never question no. you again. Because 'Cause I'll never forget, like a year and a half ago I was in my van. Um and I was driving down the road and I just like remember telling God I was like Look, man, if all you want me to do is just, like, play these cover gigs on the weekends and, uh, you know, get to write songs with my friends during the week, I'll do that. But, like, don't you think it would be cool just to, like, have, like, a little bit of success (laughs) to, like, show people that I've been sober for 14 years. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that. I got sober in Alabama. What uh? What um, was your your addiction of choice? Alcohol? I mean, I just I really liked it all, but like co- <laughs> he was like my choice cocaine, was more Xanax. Oh, me alcohol, too. Just Yay. like you know, yeah. blackout. Oh yeah, or get out. I was the know? same way. So you um, must suffer from anxiety and social anxiety. Uh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even still. So yeah. Oh no, me too. It's hard for yeah. me to even do podcasts someday, and yeah. like this has been my therapy doing this podcast because it's so hard for me sometimes to even just be around big crowds. So yeah. I totally understand what you say whenever you say people know you as Trey Lewis and they know you as Trey because you know people see my persona online and it's like oh she's half naked, she's loud, she's outspoken, and then when you meet me in person, I'm kind of like hey. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean a lot of that like of you know what i put on the internet that is my personality yeah it is totally who yeah, I yeah totally you know, in my comfort zone right you know exactly I mean? yes but it's like if i'm just like at a bar with my friends like i'm just trying to chill you know right. what i mean it's like yeah i don't want to talk about my dm monday that i posted right. monday you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah um so, so when you say that you got sober what um let's take this back to how old were you i was 19 years old when you decided to get sober yeah so wow. i started using drugs when i was 12 oh my goodness yeah, how did early. that happen um my parents i'm not gonna sit here and blame my parents definitely not but it's not my, about blaming parents but yeah. childhood trauma is a huge yeah. uh 
you know, staple in people's mental health. Yeah, definitely uh, some some childhood trauma. And um, they say that trauma starts in the wound from the moment of conception, how yeah. you were conceived. There's this book that I'm reading. I forget the name of it. I'll, I'll, if you're interested in it, but yeah. it says that even like how you were conceived, it, like how your mom felt at the moment of conception during yeah. her pregnancy. That's when trauma starts too. Yeah, insane, right? Yeah. Um, Lucky us. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's some, you know, there's other things, you know, like I was molested like when I was younger Aww. by my babysitter, which she was a female. So like, I never said nothing to anybody about it. I'm so like, glad that you're talking you about know? that though, because a lot of men won't come forward yeah. and say stuff like that, you know? And I don't care what anybody says. Molestation is molestation. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a girl and a boy or a boy or a girl, you know, like that doesn't minimize the trauma that you went through. How yeah. old were you? Um, I was, I mean, I was young, six, seven. I barely, I mean, I barely even, rem- I didn't even mm. remember it until I was like two or three years sober. How old was she? Cause you were, blo- you were self-medicating. I was, yeah. I was just so, you know, so young. I don't know. She was like my babysitter. She was, she was probably underage too. Or yeah. But still, or, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. That's it, still, it, I mean, it was wrong. She knew what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And, and, uh, How were you introduced to drugs at such a young age? So I have a sister that's two years older than me, and um, she was like, I just remember being young and, like, waking up in the middle of the night and there being, like, police at my house, like, my Mm. mom and her, like, getting into it, you know, some good old domestic violence. Yeah. So, like, right then and there, I made the decision that I was never going to smoke weed because Mm. I figured that's all she was doing. I'm sure there's more to the story, but I was like, that ruins families. (laughs) But as I got older and started getting curious and, like, uh, skateboarding and and, and doing all that, and, you know, I was like, I played football and stuff, but also, like, skateboarded, and I was always, like, the kind of guy that could get along with every, like, little crowd in school, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's just part of my addictive behavior, you know, mm-hmm. being being like well, somebody that can get along with. You, you know, learned how to read a room at a yeah, young age. Yeah, read a room and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I understand um, that. But uh, anyways, I um, I made the decision. I was and I started like hanging out with some kids, and I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna smoke pot, but <laughs> my parents drink, so I can drink." Yeah. You know? And, 12 um, is so young though to even start experimenting like i we have a 13 year old and i'll yeah. kill her yeah. you know even yeah, though exactly. i was a wild one when i was yeah. younger like i just it it's crazy when you look back now and you're like god 12 and 13 like that's just yeah. crazy and uh, i decided to get drunk for the first time i drank nine beers i got and, the uh, first time i ever got drunk was off of 40 of old english yeah <laughs> beer yeah. why do yeah. we all get drunk off beer yeah i used to drink old english king cobra oh got mad dog had, 2020 yeah i had some friends the uh this Ooh. asian family in yeah. birmingham and uh they have asians in birmingham yeah Vietnamese. there's like brothers and sisters yeah i actually talked to them the other day yeah and um but anyways they own gas stations and like ends like the hood hood of birmingham yeah so like it was like at seventeen, sixteen, it was like being twenty one. Like you could just have whatever. I could just go down there like I was twenty one, you know, and just yeah. get Mad Dog twenty twenty, you know. Yeah. Wild Irish Rose, <laughs> like I peeped that up stuff. so many times. So I think it definitely contributed to maybe some of my alcoholism uh, tendencies. But um, what was the first hard drug you ever tried? Um, hard drug. Let's see uh probably xanax or percocet or something like that yeah we grew up in the pill popping era 
Yeah. Thankfully. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like sometimes when I go to these treatment centers and speak, I'll talk about doing Oxycontin and they look at me like I'm talking about doing Quaaludes or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause it doesn't exist now. Mm-mm. I mean, it's heroin now, but that's what I was saying. Yeah. I would like that's when I, I was joking around saying, thankfully we grew up in the pill popping era. Cause now it's like fentanyl heroin. Like they're doing crazy shit now. Yeah, and I'm just like, crazy. how the fuck? Yeah. Like it's insane. So you made the conscious decision at such a young age to get sober. What well, brought that about? What happened with me is like I got drunk, and then from there I was like, you know, I'm never doing that again. I'm sorry, you know. Mm. But like in the back of my mind, it was on. Like that was an important day in my life. That nervous disposition that I had my entire life was mm-hmm. gone. Yep. Like I knew the kind of person that I wanted to be. I quit all my sports. I quit everything. Like mm-hmm. it was like it became my lifestyle. Like all it mattered was like listening to some UGK and like yeah. whose brother was going to buy me some, some alcohol, yeah. you know what I mean? And like just became this whole identity of like being wrapped up in that. Mm. So it was like, yeah, still not going to smoke pot the next week. I'm smoking <laughs> pot. Well, I'm not going to do pills the next week. I'm doing pills, you know, it's crazy. Oh, I'll never do like cocaine. That. I'm crossing that line. So it was just like, for me, it was just like all the way in all or nothing. And that's, kind of my personality now i've had to relearn how to not do that mm-hmm. um with other you know other things or just life in general or just have like more balanced life but that's that's how my drug addiction was it was just like oh yeah more. it was just all downhill and it's like it eventually came to a point to me where like i went to military school for a little while like by the time i was 17 i had a felony DUI. Felony. Oh, so you did start getting in trouble with like the law. I had like a felony theft charge and DUI in two different counties. Xanax will make you a klepto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I stole yeah, I, so much shit when I was fucking Xannied out, bro. Yeah, I had this friend, like, we're st- still friends to this day. And, like, we've, you know, I, he lives up in Charlotte now or somewhere up there. When we played at um, Cody Joe's, he came out and hung out with mm-hmm. us. But I'll never forget, we were at his house one time and, like, I was selling weed at the time, so I sold weed to everybody at the party, and then, and then uh, I took a bunch of Xanax that night, and I just like filled my car up with like baseball cards, like <laughs> old coins. Like at one point, somebody had came upstairs and asked me what I was doing. I just, they said I just looked at him, said I'm shopping, man. Yeah, you no, it's something it's about like, Xanax. Xanax. Like you never hear a story that ends well with mm-hmm. like I took Xanax and then. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. nobody likes the guy on pills except no. for the guy on pills. Oh, yeah, no. You know? The lights are on, but nobody's yeah. home. Yeah. And like it's just, you're just uh, like on autopilot. Yeah. It's just not like you wake up with like somebody else's phone, somebody's wa- somebody else's wallet, Dude. and none of it's yours. And you, know? you don't know how you did it. It's just not I used it. to think it was cute. I would wake up and my friends would tell me things that I did the night before. And then you get to a point in your addiction where you're just like, this shit's not cute anymore. Yeah. You know, like it gets to a point where it's like you're ruining friendships, fucking, you know, I overdosed on Xanax mm-hmm. twice. People say you can't overdose on Xanax. I'm like, yes, oh, you, you can. can. Yeah. I'm like, I did it twice yeah. and I don't know how I fucking survived, but uh-huh. I'm here by the grace of God. But I, I guess what the jumping off point for me was is um i went to military school and then the day after all that court stuff got like thrown out i got kicked out Mm. and i came back home and then i really started like selling drugs like really hard and i can't see you being a drug dealer yeah i mean i mean i'm talking about i had the black dickies really i love a man in dickies like uh, (laughs) i had the my nickname was t-bird oh i love that you're a t-bird from now on but i had uh like this green like pinstrap 
uh, stripe Atlanta hat and I had Birdman <laughs> stitched in the back. Oh, that is hilarious. Um, yeah, like I I, tr- I shopped at like City Trends and stuff. You know, <laughs> like the, yeah. I think all of you the tall tees like that was me. I feel like all of you guys that are like in the country realm now had a I had a hood phase. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely <laughs> hood all the way. Um. Anyway, so I um I was just thinking about that. It's funny, <laughs> but uh, what really where I hit the um the jumping off place was is like after all that i was like really you know involved with like selling drugs and doing them and and then uh ended up getting arrested Mm. and like in between getting in trouble when i was 17 like i went to the sane asylum a bunch of times Mm. not because like i was insane or like no i was you know, like I would have to go to the emergency room because like I was like just so messed up, you know, Aww. and they would think that I was like trying to kill myself. So they put me in like the underage psych ward. Was it the pills that you were on that was making Yeah, just you like, like whatever, you know, whatever I was doing. Like I had a 10th grade summer where I just did like t- five to 10 hits of acid every day, just like off the rails. Savage. You know? So I was just like, it was just crazy. Um, but I get arrested when I'm living in Tuscaloosa. I go to jail. And I'll never forget, it was my turn to have my phone call. And I remember I just wanted to go to the phone and call somebody that could tell me, like, it's going to be okay, you're going to get out of this, you know, like, you're a good person, you know. But there was just nobody to call. Like, I'd screwed everybody over that was closest to me. And, you know, I feel like that's what my addiction and my alcoholism did. Is Pushed everybody. I hurt everybody that was closest to me or gave a shit or Mm -hmm. anything about me. And... So there's nobody to call. So I sit in jail for like, you know, 30 days. My cellmate is, uh, had been on the run for like 10 years for attempted murder. You know, I'm like 19 years old, (laughs) but I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I really want to stop using drugs and I really want to stop drinking. I'd said it before, but it was always in the back of my mind. I knew I was going to do it again. I was telling people that to get them off my back, to earn their trust, you know, and I'll never forget I got out of jail finally. My my Asian friends bailed me out, Aww. and I remember I went back to to their house, and I remember I was in love with their little sister at the time, Aww. and I was like, I promise I'm never doing this again. Like, and I I really meant it, and like there was tears in my eyes. It wasn't like to get anybody off my back. And then that night when everybody went to sleep, I saw a blunt roach in the ashtray, and I picked it up and I smoked it, and then I sat there uh, all night watching. Uh, locked up Mm -hmm. and just freaked out the entire night thinking that I was going to prison. (laughs) Um, but that started it all for me. Mm -hmm. Like that's, as you know, it's just like once too many, a thousands and never enough. Like that was like picture, you know, of that saying. Yeah. And, um, from there I went from when I got arrested, they took all my money from me. Mm -hmm. So I went from having all this money to do whatever I wanted to, to get this bottle or do that or, whatever to having nothing so like from that for another three months it was just like i would wake up find a way to get messed up black out go to sleep wake up do it again like i wasn't welcome at home i was sleeping on people's couches they were kicking me out my mom was a nurse or is a nurse at uab in birmingham i would go sleep in her car when she was at work in the Aww. did she you know, know you were sleeping in her car yeah she would let yeah. me Aww. you know mom's mom's the ace in the hole you know Aww, I always has that's been. so good or, or number one enabler, you know, who knows yeah. what you call <laughs> right. it. But, uh, no, nah, she's awesome. Me and my mom are cool. But, um, 
yeah, it just got to a point to where I was just like, I'm sick of doing this. Um, and I called my mom up and then finally three months later, that was always my thing. I was make all these resolutions, but I would never make a decision and actually go right. through with it. So I it's finally almost like went you had to, to psych yourself out. Yeah, I was like waking up every day like with the shakes, like throwing up blood, mm. like it. Was, oh my god! Yeah, my, my skin was kind of like gross looking. Brutal. And, uh, yeah, it was just time for me to go to rehab. You were just hurting yourself because you were hurting inside. Exactly, and mm. I went for I was in treatment for two weeks, and then I did halfway house for six months, and. When I was nine months sober, I bought a guitar and taught myself how to play it. That was my next question. Was like, yeah. did, when did music come into play for you? Um, I bought a guitar. Uh, I think I was six months sober. I was working. I was making smoothies, mm-hmm. uh, tropical smoothie, and um, oh, I love me a tropical smoothie. Me too. <laughs> Sometimes they'd be canceling my order though. You yeah. Know what I mean, when I Uber eats it. P.F. Chang's does that to me all the time. It's bullshit. Yeah, but um, anyway, so I bought a guitar. I, I moved in with my dad. Uh, I made amends to my father. I was about to say, how was your relationship with your dad? Because I heard you say mom was the so ace in the hole. So growing home. up, me and my dad were super close. Mm-hmm. And then when I started doing drugs and stuff, we became not so close. Like, Tough love. I stole money from him. He Aww. pressed charges on me. Like mm. It was screwed up. But I mean, he, dad he just tried ended, to give you that tough love. Yeah, my dad ended up becoming my best friend, though. And uh, when I got seven years, I, I gave him my seven-year chip. Oh. And I told him how much I loved him. And, you know, he would come to my Mexican restaurant gigs and everything. And um, But anyways, after I gave him my seven-year chip, I went to the beach with my family, and I came back home. And when I came back home, I got a call that he had had a heart attack. He passed no, away. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was, like, definitely a hard thing to deal with in my sobriety because it yeah. was so, like, abrupt. But, I mean, looking back on it now, I can't think of another – you know, picture perfect goodbye, and the relationship that we had from day one of sobriety to you know seven years of sobriety. I mean, he got to see me grow up, yeah, in a major way. You know, mm-hmm. so he's still with you though, and he's still looking. <laughs> oh yeah, he's looking down, proud as hell right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he loves it that Get Down in Dallas is the song that did it. <laughs> That's you <know>? awesome. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, he was he was there in the beginning, and you know, we used to write funny songs together and have a good time together so pretty cool um but yeah i just think it's funny that like you know we're here talking about dick down in dallas yeah and it's a great song it's a party you know what i mean but like i like your other song more the one that you wrote about depression oh the little tired Mm -hmm. yeah i love that song we actually listened to it today and i was just like the song is amazing thank you thank you yeah i just think it's like to me it's cool it's like it's Dick Town in Dallas is my gift to, like, share with the world, but to show you that, like, if you look deeper into it, that mm-hmm. there's more there. You oh, absolutely. I mean? that there's more out of life. But, That's what like, my whole podcast is about. I love bringing people on with story like you that have stories to yeah. tell that, like, yeah, we only know you from Dick Down in Dallas, but there's just so much more to yeah. know. Yeah. So after you got sober, you picked up a guitar. Yeah. And what, what were your thoughts then? Were you like, okay, I want to do music, or was this just a way just of, rem- like therapy yeah. for you i just remember first time i played a g chord i didn't know what i was doing but i was like damn that feels like really good you mm-hmm. know and um i was i went back to i dropped out of high school and um i went back and got my ged i was taking some college classes at like Yay. the community college in alabama ged gang <laughs> yeah good enough get good enough diploma yeah and um i uh was doing the classes i had a job 
you know, this is the first time in my life where I actually felt like I was like growing up. Right. You know? uh, part of my recovery is that I sponsor other people, you know, through the through the steps of you know twelve step programs. And I was working with this guy. He was a young guy. He was a musician too. He was in a rock and roll band in Nashville. And he was like, I'm going to Nashville. You want to go with me? Kind of like be my sober companion or whatever. So I come up here to Nashville. We're hanging out over on Edge Hill. And, oh, yeah, I um, love that area. And uh, I'm in the studio, and this producer guy hands me a guitar. He's like, play me a song. And I play him the song that I wrote. That's, uh, I wrote it about my best friend. It's called Frankie Didn't Die Out in Montana. It's terrible, but, you know, like, <laughs> it's my first song. Yeah. But the guy liked my voice, and he was like, man, if you move up here to Nashville, like, I'll do an EP. Like, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And um, I had to, like, really honestly think about, like, leaving my – comfort zone comfort zone you know because mm -hmm. i was like first time i ever felt like an adult so i eventually did and i moved up here and i lived up here for like six months and how I lived long have you this, been here well i've only been here three years this okay time. gotcha but i lived here for like six months and we did a whole uh ep and you know i mean i at this point i had not even played a gig mm -hmm. so um but my one of my long time songwriter friends his name's aaron lee i told him i was thinking about moving up to nashville he was like don't move up here he was like you need to go play gigs get your chops up come to big fish and small pond and then move up here Aww. and honestly that's when actually I, good advice yeah i mean honestly when i i mean my advice to anybody thinking about you know wanting to be a songwriter move i'm just like get here as fast as you can mm -hmm. you know but um i think that you know, when I first moved here, I was like, man, I, I, all my friends are like 22, 23, you know, like, I'm just, yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing covers for the rest of my <laughs> life, like, career's <laughs> over, but, you know, you just never give up, and you yeah. just keep going, and then everything's, you know, transpired as it, as it is. And so, how like, did you get into, like, even playing covers, like, and getting into bars and stuff like that? Was well, I it got just, my first gig. Yeah. My dad got it for me. Aww. At this small bar that's probably two of these rooms put together. <laughs> and I play there every Friday and Saturday night for three years. Mm. Like, I might miss it every now and then for, like, if there's, like, a football game or something going on. Yeah. But, so I play there for every, you know, just me and my acoustic guitar, no monitor. Like, didn't even know what a monitor was, you know. Yeah. And um, And then I decided that I wanted to start branching out. I started playing at the Mexican restaurant called Pablo's. And there's three Pablos in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So after I played there for like two months, I was like, you think I get on the other two? They put me <laughs> on the other two. So I started playing those. And then I decided I wanted to start a band. And I put a band together, and we started playing at all the little bars. And then my dad passed away. Mm. And then after my dad passed away, I was like, man, something's got to give. I got to do something, you know. Because yeah. my dad is really my was my inspiration you know like after my dad passed away i ran off of ambition yeah, that's all i had was right. like, i felt like kind of because my dad used to tell house. me all the time he was like i'm an accountant i hate my i hate my job mm -hmm. uh do what you love for a living and that's awesome because most like, parents aren't he was like he was like i like know that. that music's gonna work out for you so mm -hmm. just do it and like that's like what i held on to for forever you know yeah and um I called this guy that was, like, managing this local, like, jam band in Birmingham. And we met every day for, like, three months. And uh, 
well, not every day, but once a month for like three months or once a week or something. And that's my manager. He's been with me for uh, seven years now. Aw, you know? that's amazing. And it's just really cool because, like, you know, I have a team. I have a social media guy. But all those people have been with me before Dick Down. And I love that. Happened. That says a lot it's about like, you. Yeah. As, you know, as Like my person. guitar player that's been with me. Uh, is that the one who you filmed with his wife in bed the Big other day? Big Dick Terry? No, that's, <laughs> oh, no, that's Ben. <laughs> Ben's like, Ben's been with me for a year, but Ben used to play with Riley Green. And oh, okay, like gotcha. I opened for Riley like mm -hmm. two or three years ago and yeah. I met Ben. And I knew that like if I ever had like success to where I could like bring in like a music musical director and like somebody, it was going to be Ben. Yeah. Because um, when I first moved to town, we used to write together. But I love big, that you but your... Big Dick Terry is... Uh, we have what, a Big Dick Dave in our yeah, crew. <laughs> yeah, it's really big. I mean, it's I mean, huge. what is it? Like, uh, he's like a tripod? He's yeah, a tripod? I mean, it's like, it's, it's massive. How do we know like, this? Like, I'm proud of it like it's mine. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I, I got mean, videos and pictures. He just walks around fucking well, what happened swinging, was what happens? We played, we played a show in this Arkansas. This is the kind of stuff that pierce, my, my, pierce my, my ears My my crew's pretty rowdy. Yeah, like, no, I love I mean, that. They, I, I might not drink, but they drink enough for Have me. Have you met my husband? Yeah. Okay, like yeah. he's a nut, dude. Yeah. So I know how you boys are when you guys get so, together. Um, uh, we played in Arkansas, and Terry drank like Terry, my my drummer Matt, and uh, bass player. They drank like a I don't know, like a like a full bottle of Fireball and then a small bottle of Fireball within like three oh, hours. Fireball's brutal. And Matt like grew didn't grow up with brothers, our drummer. So like if you like grab his ass or something, he like freaks out. You know, like he can't handle <laughs> he it. He doesn't know what to do. But he got drunk and was like messing with Terry. So Terry just like pulled his dick out and like started chasing him around the hotel room with it. Oh and God. I had my phone and I just recorded the entire thing, put it on my Snapchat and then <laughs> it just like became this thing. I love that. That is so fucking funny. And, uh, so I want to ask you what when you walked out to the biggest crowd that you've ever performed for, how many people was it? Uh, I think it was uh, 25,000 people. What the fuck does that feel like? Opening for Morgan Wallen in Auburn. We love Morgan. We love Ernest, Morgan, all them. And then uh, the other thing, too, that was really cool was uh, we played Rock the South, which is in Dope. my home state. Oh, awesome. Coleman. And my, my set kind of got rained out. Aww. And then they made me play Dick Down in Dallas Acoustic. Oh, in the rain? Yeah. Like, what a vibe, They though. were like, your band can't come back on. But I met DJ Silver earlier that day. Oh. And uh, he was like, man, I think that's bullshit, dude. I'm going to get you up during my set. Aww. And, like, he played, like, in between, like, Miranda. Yeah. So, like, the most people that were going to be there were there. Yeah. You know, that's so. That's amazing. What does that really feel cool. like when you walk out on Honestly, that? Honestly, like. That's so much energy, dude. It's a lot of energy, and I wish that. I would have enjoyed it more, Aww, to be I, honest. I understand that. Like, when I walk out there, like, in which I have learned to enjoy those kind of moments um, more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for a while there, I was, we were just, I mean, we played 120-something shows last year. Yeah. Which was basically unheard of. Yeah. From December of 2020 to, 20, you know, 21. Mm -hmm. But, like... A lot of the times, I know that when we did the uh, one of those shows, I remember being on stage just thinking the whole time, I hope I can do this again. Mm. You know, and just being in my head the entire time and not even enjoying the moment. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. 
and that's a real thing. But like, it's like now I have those memories and I have those videos and I look back on them and I'm just like 25,000 people screaming dick down in Dallas. So we played this show up in, um, Wisconsin or something like that. It's like with Jake (laughs) Owen and Travis Denning Mm -hmm. and like one other artist, but we were like the first of four. And like I'm talking like little kids on top of their dad's shoulders screaming everywhere to dig down in Dallas. And it's like I've never been to a show where you know the first of four everybody in the crowd knows their song. Yeah, you know. No, it's insane. I don't so, even. Um, it's been really cool. I've done a lot of cool things. I I honestly like I like opening for artists and that's cool. But like my favorite thing is going to these like smaller clubs mm-hmm. and 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 selling you know, tickets to people that are there to come see me and then yeah. doing a free meet and greet after the show. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I'm just like at the point where like, I still feel like a normal person. Yes. And I'm just like, if you're going to like buy a ticket, if you're going to stream my music, if you're going to share my shit, like, you know, like I have a song coming out like, uh, on the 14th and like people are like going to actually buy that, that buy that song. They're buying yeah. it. Totally. Like, people actually bought Dick Down in Dallas to make it go number one. Mm-hmm. Nobody buys music anymore. Yeah, because you can you know? just stream. It's just like, my thing is, is like, if you're going to do that for me, you know, if you're going to believe in me that much, mm-hmm. I'm at least going to shake your damn hand. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? You build your, your empire and your fan base one by one. But it, yeah, and it's just like, I don't care. You know, like I said, I used to play for four hours straight i don't help with load in and load out anymore i mean you shouldn't have but, to you know, so, you know what i mean <laughs> you earn that right yeah i mean I, I i don't help do that anymore but i will if it needs be no that's but, how my like, husband is too the way i look at it is i used to play for four hours straight i can go to sound check i can go play my 90 minute set i can get done i can get off stage change my shirt usually i don't if that crowd earns it i take my shirt off and throw it out into the crowd yeah but so find a shirt Go to the merch booth, shake everybody's hand. I don't care if it takes an hour and a half, but that's my work. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm doing. So, um, it's definitely been uh, fun. There's been shows where we've showed up to places and there wasn't, you know, 20 people there, you know? That's part of it. But that's, that's just part, part of it, of it mm-hmm. you know? You never know, like... No, my husband, when my husband and I first got together, I remember we did a show and I think it was like Delaware in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there was 10 people there and he still put on a show like it was fucking 8,000 people there, you know, and now he's selling out arenas. So, I I mean, that shit is, he's, he's my baby. Just that Opry thing was like, so awesome. Uh, That was like, dude. I got to go. Like, that's one of my goals, like in my life is to play the Opry. You will. And Put I know that air. it's You're like probably to. like not going to happen with the Dick Down in Dallas thing. Yeah. It will happen. Giant. My husband fucking yeah. used to be a trap rapper, yeah. you know, yeah. like, please, sure. you're sure. definitely so we'll going to get there. That's like, I don't know. I got to go to the Opry and hang out with my, do you know Dylan Carmichael? Um, I've heard the name. I okay, don't know. I got to you, hang so. out with him. We're good. We met over quarantine. We're good yeah. buddies. I'm a West Coast girl, yeah. so all this country shit is like, yeah. you yeah. know, I, yeah. I'm not in that scene. But I got to watch him like. He played the Opry, and his mom like got up there and sang a song with him. Oh. And he got a standing ovation. Yeah, and it was just like no, it something was something about that place is like spiritual, spiritual, and yeah. the Ryman too. Yeah, the Ryman is fucking like it's. You just walk in there and you can just feel the energy there. It's yeah. just insane. It's so overwhelming. Like that, that there's a video of Chris Jansen like getting asked to join the Opry, and mm-hmm. he like belts down, you know, like starts crying. But when they told 
your husband that he mm-hmm. was going to be, you know, when he played, he was like, couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know? No, so he like, started crying too. You can't I, explain that moment until mm-hmm. that happens. No, because you know I mean? they really blindsided him. He didn't expect it at all. Yeah. But your time is coming too. We'll see. Me. We'll see, you know. Well, what can we expect from Trey Lewis this next coming year? So I, um, uh, I got a fight with my ex-girlfriend. We were dating at the time uh, a few weeks ago. And I went to my right the next day, and I wrote this song, and I put it on TikTok, and it's, like, popping off right now. What's it? It's called Single Again? It's called again? Single Again. Yeah. It's got, like, the middle finger and the kiss <laughs> my it. ass. Yeah. Like, it's, like, a total TikTok thing. So, are you guys, so, are you single again? I'm single, yeah. Right now. But I'm are you, single. is it a toxic relationship? Or are you guys, like, going back and forth? Or is uh, it just It was definitely kinda... not a toxic relationship. Yeah. I think I definitely pushed her away. So Aww. When's your birthday? Kind of, uh, December 5th. Oh, you're a Sagittarius, like yeah. my husband. Yeah. He's December 4th. Yeah. Oh, okay. I already know you're kind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. We're, uh, I, you know, we're cool. We're trying to figure it out. We'll see what happens. You yeah. Know. Um, you know, but when's, I, feel when's like her I feel like I'm really working on myself and like, I feel like I'm, you know, with this new, th- I have a new therapist and I feel like with uh, the work I'm doing, like, some really groundbreaking shit. Like, I have feel you like ever I'm been getting... diagnosed with any with any mental mental never, illness? No, never. It's I think just... all my my shit's situational and trauma based. Right, me you know too. I mean? I've no, I've I've been diagnosed with anxiety and depression, but I won't go to a psychiatrist because yeah, I've I dated won't... people that are like bipolar, and I'm not like that. Yeah, same. Yeah. I just I the medication scares me, so I try to do everything naturally. Exactly. I love that you're putting in the work, though, because most men don't know to do that. Yeah. And I think that you're an amazing role model for men to to know that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, I just want to, like, I want to, I want to, like, I always want to do music. And I know that, like, to be able to do that, I have to be the best version of myself. You're very self-aware. Because, like... Without my sobriety, I'm nothing. And I'm Mm. I'm 110% convinced of that. And I can be very um, miserable in sobriety. Sobriety is what I like to call it. (laughs) Um, So if I'm not keeping a check on those things. And, you know, it's like I am 34. And it's like I feel like you're either growing or you're going backwards. So it's like there's no like standstill progression or regression for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, that's my like all or nothing kind of behavior. But it's like, I feel like with almost a decade and a half of sobriety, like I've grown a lot. Yeah. You know, and like a lot of what, what I've grown through and talked about, some people are like, are you kidding me? You're not railing a bitch every night on the road. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, it's like, there's that side of me that wants to say, yeah, man, like, you yeah, know, I'm just out here getting it, you know, but like no, the but real the, me, that ain't me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just ain't how I roll. I love you that know? you're staying true to who you are. Yeah. You were talking about, um, the single again, going viral on TikTok. Yeah. What, um, do you plan on doing with that? Like just riding the wave and yeah, I'm just going to put it out. I mean, hopefully enough people buy it to, to make it go number one again. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool. Like, I mean, it's a real song. Like, I mean, we got in a fight and the next day I had a write and we weren't broken up yet, but I like, I don't know. I didn't have any song ideas. And then on the way over there, I was like, looks like I'm single again. I started singing that. And they were like, y'all got any song? You got any song ideas? And I was like, looks like I'm single again. And they were like, love it. We wrote it an hour and a half. And 
I like the like little demo track that Matt McVie did on mm-hmm. it so well. I was like, just produce it out, man, because I've got too much shit going on in the studio. Just like, yeah, I trust you with it. Take care of it. Isn't that amazing where inspiration can come from? And then, you know, he sent it, and then I put it on TikTok like December 13th, just like a video of me singing the chorus. And even that video doesn't have a ton of views, but like I checked it this morning, it's like 24,000 videos made. Yeah, that's crazy. That yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And Dig Down in Dallas only had 20,000 videos. Wow. Made. So that's amazing. Not that that's a gauge for anything because no, you can't compare anything that's to huge, that, but it's though. still pretty no, cool. No, that's you know? amazing. That's Listen, TikTok is what makes fucking artists go. Like YouTube is cool and all if you're yeah. a musician, but if you're a content creator, there's no money there. And like nobody's yeah. getting picked up off of i mean they might still be getting picked up off youtube but it's tiktok now you know tiktok yeah, so has literally taken gonna, over we're gonna put that song out on the 14th and then after that i'm putting a song out every six weeks for the rest of the year good and for however long i want to are you gonna tour the uh this year oh, no, yeah so i got some really cool news today but i can't share it Damn i really it. want to i'll tell you when we turn the cameras off okay but i'm, I'm going on tour with a big artist which is really cool for me because um this I, probably actually won't come out for a while okay, cool yeah. so if um, you want to say it you can't yeah i don't want to say it okay and then jinx it. <laughs> but uh i just like um i don't know it was just uh for a while it was hard to find an artist that would be willing to put me on a tour because a lot of artists that were on labels didn't want to be associated with the dicks and the butt fucks I hate which the is whole... really stupid you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um, I hate the whole music row thing. And that's one yeah, thing that my husband just, is, he's, you know, middle finger yeah. to music row because yeah. it's like they just want to box everybody in and make everybody cookie cutter. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, like, that's boring. You know, we played uh, the 120 shows that we did last year, but eventually at some point you got to get on with like, you know, an artist that yeah. can really like, you know, shake shit up, you know, shake shit up for you. And, and, uh, Nobody was willing to do that. I mean, right now, up until today, we had like two dates on the calendar for next year. Mm. So I was like, fuck, we're going to have to get like a new agent. Or like, <laughs> you know, I just told my agent, I was like, fuck Omnicron. I'm going to have a number one song. And then everything took off. So, Do you feel like Dick Down in Dallas has kind of pigeonholed you slightly? Or do you feel like Not you're really, breaking you know, out? I mean, I signed a publishing deal with Sony mm. uh, Publishing. Dope. So like, I feel like... Rusty and all them, they all like believe in me enough Yay. to think that I could eventually have songs on the radio. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, they wouldn't just, you know, want some of my publishing for just no re- for streaming. You yeah. Because I mean? no, they don't pay sure. shit. So, like, yeah. you know, they believe in me. So I think that, like, that's cool. And I feel like labels don't ever like they don't build artists anymore Mm-mm. that's something you got to do on your own now. yeah they you want you to mean? come and i'm cool packaged. with that mm-hmm. because my price tag is gonna be a little bit higher than a 360 deal <laughs> price you know went up. I mean? yep so if i'm gonna build it but like honestly feel like at sony uh publishing like they're also building help they're part of the build too they're part of the team you know um helping me you know like setting me up with the rights or like yeah you know helping me find songs because i'm willing to cut songs that i didn't write you know what i mean yeah like, totally but I, I also like writing my own songs as well um but i don't know it's just been been a cool experience um i'm grateful that i didn't sign a record deal straight out the rip because i was definitely offered a lot yep but i wouldn't have learned everything that i've learned on my own i wouldn't have been able to have been as play as many shows of, as i have you know and, and um yeah. I just, you know, it's been a great. Um, 
so 2020, you have this big tour that's co- that's coming up, and then you have songs that you're going to be dropping every six weeks. Yeah. What does your personal life look like, though? My personal life is, uh, I did tell my agent I want one weekend off a month so I can go fishing. Aww. Yeah, so... Um, kind of, like, brings you back down to... Yeah, I love fishing. I size. bought a bass boat, paid cash for it. It was awesome. Hey. It's, like the, it's, like, the only nice thing that I really bought myself. Um, You're I just, still, like, a sweet little down Yeah, I mean, I'm boy. still driving my dad's hand-me-down car. Like, I could go buy a new truck, but, like, yeah. I just don't care about that stuff anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like... What uh, about dating, now that you're single again? Dating. What um, is dating in Nashville like for guys? I always hear about it from all the, the IG models. Well, you know, we're girls. outnumbered, and there's just a ton of horny <laughs> girls out there that want to screw, you know. It's not true at all. Like, maybe for other people. I don't know, you know. It's weird for me because, like, sometimes I find myself talking to females that, like, I know that if my song wasn't Dick Down in Dallas, like, you know, they wouldn't even be talking to me. So it's like, I just got to find somebody that's like. That's got to be hard for men, you know, yeah. to like n- not be able to know like why women are in your life or what their intentions are. Yeah. It's got to be fucking stressful. It's really easy. They weed themselves out really fast. Do they? You know? Like sometimes I'll like meet a girl and think she's cool until she calls me at two in the morning and FaceTimes me to sing me Dick Down in Dallas. That's you know what I mean? It's like, that's cool. Be deleted, so blo- deleted, blocked. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm grateful <laughs> for it. Ladies, don't FaceTime Trey at two I'm, o'clock in the morning. I mean, I'm grateful for it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's course. cool. I'm glad you like the song. And then, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, but if you're with me, be with me. Yeah, you be know, with like, me. So, yeah. Um, it's cool. So, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, honestly. Sometimes I go out to the bar and like I'll be like thinking a girl's hitting on me, but like I'm just like at a point in my life where like I'm I'm cool with like being married to my career and yeah. like being being by myself. Like that's when love will come along and you least expect yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just when like you're doing cool yourself with, like, and if just I'm not you not know, focused on that. I'm just not. I don't even care anymore. Like yeah, I was th- I was talking to my buddy about it the other day. I was like, dude, like. I was like, you know, I have a lot of dreams that have came true. You know, maybe love's just not for me, man. You it know, like, I'm just kidding around, but you know what I'm you're saying? You're a sweet like, guy, and you're good looking, and you have a fucking it. amazing voice, and you're a Sagittarius. You. Women love Sagittarius men. Yeah, I've I've got that app on my phone, the, yeah. the horoscope. I paid for it. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you need um, an Aquarius woman? I need woman? to read more about it. You need an know. Aquarius woman? That's me, because Jay and I are Sag yeah. and Aquarius. Or you need a Gemini woman. Gemini, Gemini and, and Sag is like soulmate signs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, Trey, I am so excited to see what you do in 2022. Like, you've already fucking been kicking ass these past couple of years. So, I can't wait till you can drop the announcement too and tell everybody who yeah. you're going to be on tour with. And you got to promise me that you're going to come back here and remember us little people. Of course. I'll always come back. No <laughs> but what. are we allowed to talk about you starting yeah. your podcast? Yeah, I'm starting a podcast. It's going to be called DM Monday. Yay. Yeah. Oh, so, are you going to read the DMs and stuff yeah, like that? We're going to read DMs. I think, like, when we have guests on, like, we'll have them. They got to be people like, I'm sure you have crazy ass DMs. oh yeah no yeah. for sure i you should hear the i have a lot of ig models and porn stars that come on yeah. here too and the shit that fucking the stories they have is just are they're yeah. hilarious so um, when do you think you're going to be launching it so i think we're doing our we're, i'm not sure I know, I know we're doing our first episode like next month yay so. well everybody be on the lookout and it's going to be called what again dm monday dm monday yeah. and so i'm assuming you're going to be dropping on mondays yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it'll be every other week. Oh, very cool. Because yeah. I'll be busy with like tour and stuff. So, yeah, like, for that'll sure. That'll give me time to like. 
Totally. Or you could do what we do and we literally just film just for like weeks and then just and then that them. way you have a break. That's cool. I advise everybody because we've been, this is, this will be our fourth season and you just film like 25 episodes and then you don't have and to then even. you're done with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's and great. then just do another run. That's well, awesome. try, tell people where they can find you at your uh, social medias. Uh, I mean, tour dates on my website, treylewismusic.com. Um, we have merchandise on there as well. By the way, if you want some, I'll send you. Oh, thank you. Same. We have tons of stuff okay, too, cool. so we'll trade. And then, um, and then uh, my Instagram is at Trey Lewis Music, TikTok's Trey Lewis Music, Facebook, which I mean nobody gets on Facebook anymore except to like do paid <laughs> promotions. But it's I, just Trey Lewis. I'm gonna talk to you about <laughs> Facebook whenever we get off of here, so I can tell you um, all about it. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, that's my social medias. Uh, I try to do Twitter, but I'm just not that good. Yeah, at it. Twitter. Is but just if you porn. like tweet me or something. I will, you know, I might not like it day of, but I'll get on Twitter every few days and like like stuff and retweet it. I just don't think about it that much, and I, I don't have my on, notifications. I only on. go on Twitter for porn. Yeah, literally, there's just porn everywhere yeah. on there. I mean, maybe it's just because all the girls I follow, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, during quarantine, they gave out a free Pornhub subscription. Did they? Yeah, and then then he eventually had to pay for it. But Why I have the it fuck now. did I miss great. that? That's How great. did I miss the Pornhub subscription? Yeah. Well, thank you, Trey, and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye.